0: What's up, everyone? I'm Andrew Steinwald, and this is Zima Red. On this show, we speak with the users, founders, and creatives that are diving into the world of unique digital assets, also called non-fungible tokens. Andrew Steinwald
1: is the managing partner of Sefermion, an investment firm focused on the NFT ecosystem.
0: All opinions expressed by Andrew and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect
1: the opinion of Sefermion. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Sefermion or related entities may maintain positions in the assets discussed in this podcast.
0: My guest today is FUBAR. FUBAR is a polymath and involved with all aspects of Web3. Building, investing, learning, teaching, he has an incredible mind and thought for views that we explore thoroughly on this episode. We discuss building games, machine learning and NFTs, investing and building in Web3, how non-fungible and fungible tokens are merging, the psychology around investing in Web3, thoughts on the current bear market, the collapse of Terra and Luna, what he's currently building, his newsletter, and so much more. Please enjoy this incredible conversation with FUBAR. FUBAR, thank you so much for joining me today. Super excited to chat with you. And to get us started, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Thanks. It's great to be
1: here. Um, so I, I came been programming from as long as I can remember, but um, was working in um, was working in machine learning at big tech for a couple of years, and then doing a lot of math explorations, and crypto. Crypto pulled me in there couldn't help but see how how elegant and not 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 foolproof but the, the the base stuff was foolproof at least so that so kind of kind of drew me in began tinkering and before I knew it um, yeah can, can so many little niches and explorations to find that I, I went all in.
0: Yeah, I mean, someone with your background like a a, you know, coder/math person background must just be absolute field day within crypto just ha- having a blast here. So, tell me let's go back to when you first started, you know, started programming and coding. What how, how did you get interested in that? Like why why did that excite you or, or attract you?
1: Yeah, great question. I mean, the original goal was creating fun little games. I remember I was I was huge into games, chess, chess checkers, Othello, whatnot as a kid. And so I'd I'd play against my my siblings, but then they they were a little they didn't wanna they didn't want to play anymore once we hit a certain level. So I actually began began designing small games that I could play against myself and train myself with that and it just, just grew from there. That became kind of an, an ever-expanding ever pursuit to, to make the better and better and better setup, um, which, which was really satisfying for me, because sometimes you make, you make a website, the website can be improved, but you make, a, you, you, you make, a, you make a, a game opponent, and that can always have new tweaks and twists added. So I think that was the initial curiosity that sparked it
0: all. That's really cool. So, so could you tell me? And this is gonna sound dumb, but could you tell me like what is machine learning? I hear it's like you know, there's AI, there's machine learning, there's uh, deep learning, there's all these kind of different things. Could you describe me like what is machine learning?
1: Yeah, it's the it's the the buzzword that had its so its thunder stolen by crypto. <laughs> um, no, and in in in, ser- in seriousness, the. Big idea is can you take gigantic amounts of data, um, hundreds of gigabytes of text, or images, or um, just what information about what people purchased online? And then in, instead of instead of using that to construct manual decisions, you can you can create algorithms that are self-teaching or self-learning. So you, you, you feed it iterative examples and it, it makes its best prediction and then ever so slightly corrects. So um, at, a, at, a, at a high level, there are a couple different subfields within it. You've got computer vision where you, um, probably the, the best application of that is say within self-driving cars, can you recognize speed limit signs and the numbers that are on them. Can you can you determine what a road looks like in all conditions? All that stuff. You've got natural language processing, which is the backbone of like home assistants like Alexa. Um, you have the, and, and is now being incorporated into pretty much everything. So Google recently switched their switch their search algorithm from like manu- manual keyword matching and I'm oversimplifying here of course don't they'll get mad all the google people I'm sure it, um, to they they implemented like a top of the line natural language processing model to kind of determine meaning and context so and then you have you have the field of recommendation systems where people say okay you just bought you just bought a lawnmower on eBay. What are you most likely to buy next? So it's kind of a, d- a general approach that's widely used across almost every tech field.
0: So like, is it is it fair to say, or is it some sort of analogy if you say that machine learning is like data science with intelligence? Is, is that like a rough analogy or not really?
1: Yeah, probably the best analogy is... is like self-learning or self-teaching, where if you give it enough examples, then a sufficiently powerful model can can, can learn to, to fit and understand and even generalize from those.
0: Very cool. So, okay, so you, you have this incredible background, you know, programming and, and math and whatnot. So how did you discover crypto? And when you did discover it, what was your first reaction? Were you like, total scam, this is bullshit? Or you like, oh, whoa, this is really, really cool?
1: I think I, I I had a soft introduction to it for quite some time, and never really took the interest to dive deeper. Like I knew, I, I knew what Bitcoin was for several years, of course, but I just I just wasn't in the mindset. Like I I knew what Bitcoin was in the same way that I knew, like who the Atlanta Hawks were. Like I was I was aware that this was a. A tradable instrument in the same way I was aware that they were a basketball team, but just didn't see any reason to look into it more. It was just a thing that was out there that didn't concern me. Um, became started becoming very very interested in finance a couple years back, and had like just how can you yeah what's there, there there's so there are so many interesting. Interesting mathematical questions, a lot of which are just theoretica, theoretical fun more than pragmatism, but still fun to explore. So I did I did a lot of exploration within the TradFi space using those instruments. And then gradually I think hit hit up against the limits of that. I remember I I remember beginning to like swap in and out of stocks, and then learned what the um got got like the account shut down for trading too much for for submitting algorithmic requests so i learned i learned that this was not a, a fully a fully open or expressible system you could play around with um started getting a little more interested in in crypto because it didn't have those it didn't have those limits or opaque rules and then um try, trying to remember what the like transition from like oh i have i have some stuff on coinbase to like i'm going to start building was and I can't, I can't i can't remember the exact moment but one one that sticks out from from early last year i think i was beginning to beginning to dive into the the nft space this was even before bored apes had launched and there was the massive mooncat claiming frenzy of of March 2021, if you remember that, where people people unearthed that there were still 15,000 moon cats to be reclaimed from the moon. And so I, I remember like setting up scripts on three separate computers to compute the proof of work hash and got 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 a decent bag of cats. And that that was pretty exciting in the first time that. Like, hey, I can I can compete or like, really, this, this is a, a no man's land where anybody can come in and, and and build stuff and experiment and play. So that was very exciting for me.
0: Yeah, that, that's super interesting that you were you said you were blocked from trading on a trading platform. This is with stocks. But like, how is that? How, how is that even possible? They, they just said, hey, you're trading too much.
1: Well, it wasn't the i mean without, without going into into too much detail the 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 platform was not built to the platform had some interesting restrictions that i, I don't I don't know if legal or just technical incompetence but yeah def- definitely was not opaque to figure out what was happening
0: yeah and it's it's interesting that 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 experience made you think about okay other markets because you're already interested in finance but other markets that don't have these restrictions and then you you know we're diving deep into into crypto and then get, you know kind of discovering nfts so so how did you even like discover mooncats cuz you already you're already on crypto twitter you're already kind of in, in the ecosystem learning about things and was that your first foray into nfts or were you already kind of aware of them for a while tracking them and you saw mooncats is like oh this is a great first kind of dive in, dive dive in
1: i i have a memory of a conversation with a friend probably six months prior to that, so late late 2020, where I, I understood what NFTs were, but they sounded like the dumbest thing in the world. Like, so people can, people can trade links to tokens on the internet. Why would people want to do this? I have no idea, but a lot of smart people are talking about it. So I'm curious why they're, I mean, I'm, cu- I'm curious why they're interested. So I think it, it, it mulled around in my mind of, is this real or a scam, or do I even understand human psychology for, for a couple months? And then first foray to the markets, I, I, I bought a punk back when they were, I don't know, two, two, three ETH, something like that. And just, because that was the only thing that you, that you could buy. There weren't, there weren't, there wasn't this deluge of projects that were launching every month. It was just like you've got, you've got punks and crypto kitties, and nobody wants the crypto kitties, so. That was that that was I think the start of it. It was a bit a bit of a slow burn, and then. Obviously, there's an accelerant when you when you buy something, and then it goes up you suddenly become much more intellectually interested in the field as well. So that was definitely a helper.
0: Yeah, no, and you hit upon something that was that's, you know, I think a lot of people go through. You're like, you learn about NFTs, you're like this is so dumb. And then you dive a little bit deeper, you're like, oh, this is interesting. You're like, huh, well, I could see why it could be useful for this use case or this one or this one or whatnot. And you kind of just kind of, you know, deeper down the rabbit hole. So how do you how do you feel about, you know, NFTs broadly today? And, and has your psychology ar- around them or your thought processes around them changed from when you first entered?
1: Great question. I think that an NFTs as pure tokenized status goods are here to stay, which makes it a very difficult investable class. I, I think I think strongly the NFT market cap today is what, 15, 20 billion. Maybe a bit higher now. I, I I would put good money on us cracking two hundred, even five hundred billion, within a couple of years from now. I just don't know that the current. I I just don't know that the things that will lead to that growth are here today. They they may be they may be future things. So, and NFTs is pure as pure social status Veblen goods. That thesis has remained ingrained pretty strongly. The part I didn't expect is that NFTs have the connotation of uh, a link to a token or ownership of the token that's linked to a picture obviously ERC721s so refers to a much broader class of assets. You've got you've got DeFi protocols having people lock up their tokens into Ve NFTs that Andre from Solidly pioneered. So and then you've got fractional art where you can take your NFT and split it into 10,000 fungible tokens that can then be traded on Uniswap. So I'm not so sure that well, while I originally thought of them as a completely separate asset class, I think the lines being blurred between fungible and non-fungible tokens are growing thinner every day. And that, that's where I'm really focused because DeFi has a lot of interesting innovations that are frankly too complex for a lot of people to either understand or to be interested in, even if they can understand and nfts clearly have the mass market appeal where people love to own things that represent who they are but are a little too simplistic for like in in, in integration into the in integration into the crypto economy sometimes so i'm i'm very interested i think the, the original thesis holds true, but I've also seen a broad expansion of what NFTs really mean. And I think there's a lot more to be explored.
0: So I I totally agree with you on NFTs as as status, but what about other use cases? You know, I I know that there is, you know, ticketing and access and kind of, of, you know, those things, but specifically talking about like gaming and virtual worlds, uh, you know, I consider gaming NFTs and virtual world NFTs as functional. While collectibles like PFPs and art and whatnot, those are non-functional. It's kind of like what you see is what you get and it's based off of narrative. While on this functional side, it's like you can actually do something within an environment with this token. So it's like, okay, well, I have my piece of virtual land, which is kinda of like my social media profile, put up put up a gallery, put up a house, put up a you know, e commerce store and sell NFTs, like whatever. And then on the gaming side, it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I I'm functionally using this, so it's not necessarily Status good, but I need these crystals to power my spaceship or like whatever, right? So, what do you think about that? And you know, am I thinking about that the right way? And do you think about these this other realm of functional NFTs, as I call them, but you might call them something different? I'd I'd love to hear your your thoughts.
1: That's another interesting paradigm or pair of lenses to to look at things through. Certainly, I think the dominant. The dominant model in today's world is the is the non-functional setup. You have a lot of things that are starting to peek into the functional setup, though. Yuga Land, for example, right now is purely non-functional, but with strongly implied promises that we're going to see either a metaverse or others are hoping for the next AAA game launch. And obviously, They've you, you, you have assets there like you've got the codas and then you've got other things that produce coda food no if I forget don't don't, don't quote me on that um, but they, they 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 point very strongly towards resources with those resources then being used in the game so I, I think there's tremendous I think there's tremendous room to grow within the gaming industry. Um, interoperability is very is very very hard. So I think I think the promise of assets that can be used cross game in a non-trivial way is maybe further away than we think. But I also try to never fade the rate of tech advancement because it always surprises you. So yeah, fr- frankly, crypto is moving so fast that we haven't had a lot of time for people to try to create good functional assets yet. And th- th- there are people who are trying and there are people who have been trying. But frankly, these things take time. And you can't, you can't double the rate of completion by doubling the money you put in. Sometimes there's a, a complex dependency chain. So that's one of the things that I'm very bullish on in terms of future NFT market cap. I'm just not sure if we have any of those today.
0: What do you think about in terms of like the ability for gaming assets or even like PFPs and whatnot to generate yield? Generate yield in the sense of like, all right, I take my axes, I go battle, I get these tokens, or I, you know, take this PFP and I do this action and I get more NFTs. Or like with in the case of you, it's like, okay, you own an ape and you get airdropped all these, all this other stuff. Do you think about like, do you think about the yield generation aspect of NFTs like as a, as a separate category or, or how do you, how do you view uh, the, the potential for like quote unquote earnings from your NFTs?
1: So yield is a, yield is a core financial concept that, and for fungible tokens, at least, corresponds to either subsidization, um, selling something else to give to the people holding the yield bearing asset, or the natural rate of what people want to borrow. So I think the same principles also apply to NFTs. There is a natural rate of yield, which is if people wanna short your punk, they will pay you 5% 5% a year to borrow your punk and then sell it or bar, borrow a punk and then sell it and then buy back later to 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 give to repay the loan that's kind of a a very real NFT shorting primitive use case i um, I, I think a lot i think the vast majority of the yield we're seeing in the NFT ecosystem today is a bit like ohm Though, you have you have companies that raise large amounts of money from initial primary sale, and then they distribute some of they distribute some of that back, either by doing new airdrops, either by investing that money into creating new airdrops that they then hope the market gives value, or by la- launching launching new coins that can be distributed to 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 stakers. So. I think that NFT, NFT yield, there's a chasm to be crossed where these go from purely speculative assets to something like ETH that is a trusted store of value even though it, it just is. It has, no, it has no guarantees of backing. It has no guarantees of redeemability, but people value it because other people value it because they think other people will value it in the future. So I think NFTs are pretty close to crossing that chasm where they go from this thing is worthless, why does it earn yield? to this is a core financial asset that can be used to collateralize other activities. And 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 there's there's broad based trust that this is good hard money.
0: That's super cool. So yeah, that's that's really interesting that. You're, you're, like i I'm, I'm you and i we think about the NFT markets in kind of a in different lenses but you're, you're talking about it in, in a more um traditional kind of asset class i think about it as a new asset class that uh is gaining le- legitimacy and i think that people are trading and, and buying and selling these nfts for like emotional reasons for status reasons for community reasons for um uh, you know so, so many different reasons but you're, you're what you're saying is no they're they're actually the embedded functionality and use cases are increasing; therefore, the actual assets themselves are are becoming more of an asset class, right? So it's it, it's a slight difference, um, but but I think that that's a super interesting uh, kind of d- difference. And and your your interest in DeFi and NFTs, that's also really you know I can definitely see why you're interested in that because that's kind of kind of the, the thesis here is that um, you know th- th- these these two worlds are coinciding and creating a. W- would you consider it like are we creating a new asset class with NFTs, or is NFTs just are they just becoming financialized, therefore being embedded with real use cases?
1: I I think, I I, I think you're I think you're right that they are a wholly new asset class. Um, I'm I'm speaking a bit out forward forward looking and the 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 boring side of things. Um, but everything has to boot everything has to bootstrap itself by standing alone if you look at even even the emergence of the emergence of bitcoin the the appeal of it was not that one day central banks will buy our bags the appeal of it was that this can be used to easily transact on the internet among un, among unsavory characters and then and then that kind of evolved so I think that I think that PFPs just have raw, um pure emotional product market fit. People want something that represents them and and they want they want that for an internet world. So I I, th- I think you're I think you're spot on that while well while I've been describing kind of in interest interesting outcomes of PFP mania becoming so ingrained in the crypto culture. That yeah, people people love it just because it is because you don't because you don't need complexity. You can understand what's going on. You know that my 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 friends are in this community, and I can buy it and I can join them, and we're all we're all winning together. So I'd agree.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's funny how my views have evolved over time because in 2017, I was like convinced by 2018, 2019, everyone's going to be using Bitcoin. I was like, well, of course, like it's superior to money and bubble, you know, it's that, you know, just totally like in hindsight, like that's an insane kind of, you know, outlook, but you know, that's what I thought. And now my thought process is like, no, 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 whatever it is, make sure it, make sure it has the lowest intellectual barrier to entry possible. So people can get it right away. And on top of that, make the user experience like dead simple. So what makes me so excited is that we have nfts which and, and you know depending on which submarket you're talking about because there's so many but it it is the lowest intellectual barrier to entry but then also the the user experience is so terrible using wallets and passcodes and blah 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 and all this confusing stuff like that we have we already have crazy traction and i'm like oh my gosh i can't wait till we have a great user experience and the the intellectual barrier to entry is so low that it's going to just grow like crazy so do you have any, do you have any thoughts around around that
1: absolutely I mean, sometimes I'll talk with, with, with friends who are more crypto-skeptical, and they'll say things like, how can, how can you believe in this? Sure, sure, sure it's growing big, but the, the UX is so terrible. And that's their bear case. Whereas my bull case is, wow, it's impossible to figure out what's going on here. People are, people are devoting their lives and attention and risking getting rugged every day because they just can't, can't, can't pull themselves away. Imagine what things look like when it's actually a, a, safe, a safe, healthy, usable ecosystem for the average non-technical user. Like, huge huge growth potential there. So, yeah, the fact that things took off, I mean, with the, with the UX of, of current marketplaces and the UX of current wallets and the UX of current galleries is 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 incredible. So people people love the underlying, and they're willing to go through pain to to do it.
0: Yeah, and and it's funny to think about. Like, I, I think if 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 we were mad scientists and we were like, okay, let's develop the most fun, addictive, insane, and cool asset class in the world, it would be NFTs. And and I think that uh, yeah, for for a multitude of, multitude of reasons, especially because like they're just containers you can put anything inside of and and whatnot, but. But yeah, we, I mean, it's that human factor that's driving a lot of the behaviors in the market. Like, oh, you know, I'll pay anything uh, for this piece of art because this is my favorite artist, or oh, I need to buy this sword to defeat this boss, and I'll pay anything. Or you know, like it just, it just, oh, I want this, you know, board ape so I can be part of the club and whatnot. So, yeah, I think that that's a uh, really, really um, ha- having that 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 weird non-monetary focus is is what makes the NFT market so exciting. And it's gonna grow, you know, in my in my opinion, like crazy. Even though today we're talking what's May 19, and it is just crazy bearish out there in terms of macro markets are just totally crashing, and NFTs are NFTs are actually holding up pretty well. Crypto today is actually holding up quite well, but you know we're off like 60%, 70%, something crazy like that from from the highs. What are your thoughts on the current landscape and the current market, both in I, I guess you know tradfi, but especially in crypto and and, uh, and NFTs as well? Yeah,
1: you're right. And NFTs live in a a world of their own. I mean, obviously, if you price things in ETH and ETH goes down, then te- technically you lost money. But the NFT communities just don't see it that way. Like if if the if the floor is ten ETH when ETH is four K, ETH drops to two K and the floor goes up to twelve ETH. Everyone's posting Wagmi memes in the Discord, <laughs> so where whereas if you look at a if you look at a comparable high beta asset elsewhere then i mean stuff gets crushed twice as much when when the majors go down so i i do think that crypto has grown large enough now that there are persistent persistent subcultures everything's not like Bit, Bit, bitcoin does not drive the market you can as much anymore, you can have successful projects that are growing, even in bad macro conditions. So
0: re- remind me, remind me what your what your original question was. Yeah, no, just talking about general market gauge and how are you how, how are you feeling right now about about, you know, trad fine markets going down and also crypto going down. And and I, I love your example of how NFTs are, are this funny world where you know, you're right, like Ethereum could be halved, but if the price of your NFT goes up by like two Ether, you're like, nice, like, you know, but we're doing great, right? And so, yeah, just like, how are you thinking about this market going forward in such a bearish environment? Do you think it's going to be business as usual? Do you think that everyone's going to flee and be like, you know what? This, this is crazy. Like, I'd lo- love to get your broad take.
1: Yeah. So speaking, speaking economically broadly, crypto is in a lot of ways the last free market. It's so it it turns into a leading indicator for for a lot of things. It's it's the first to crash and the first to recover, because, and so obviously macro conditions. Um, every everyone on crypto Twitter is is forced to or wants to to larp as a as a macro strategist. So I'll I'll give my attempt here. Like the Federal Reserve, like the the doll the dollar. Index has been skyrocketing. Federal Reserve has has made clear their plans to to tighten in the near term, and inflation is the most politically unpalatable subject. And crypto is obviously very far out on the risk curve. Despite that, looking at so obviously, I see I see short term short term risk, but despite that, it still looks to me like one of the most fundamentally sound asset classes out there. I mean, c- censorship-resistant programmable money that has a, that has a real chance of, of, of capturing value from the traditional financial system and, and is gaining strong, strong momentum adoption, even in simple use cases, valued at a, tr- at a trillion dollars, is one of the safest bets that you can make out there with the proper time horizon so obviously every everyone wants to everyone wants to hit the bottom and 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 that's and that's hard to do. but i I do think that i I, I think two things very strongly. first is that in in, in twenty thirty crypto will be dominant in every industry it's currently in, and several more that we haven't even thought of yet. and that. There will always be more volatility than you think there will be, even when you incorporate for this principle. So, you you have you you have you have to survive
0: by any means possible. But if you survive, I think the future's bright. That's awesome. It, it's it's very it's very bullish and bright on, on you know in a situation that's otherwise been pretty bearish the past couple of weeks. So I, I'm very very happy to hear that. So, yeah. So so what do you think about and this is kind of um, you know, on a tangent a little bit, but proof of, proof of work, you know, people are saying that uh, Bitcoin and other proof of work cryptocurrencies, but especially Bitcoin is a waste, you know, waste of energy. And, um, you know, what are you doing? It's just that, you know, it's computers solving these problems that don't actually mean anything and whatnot. And in my mind, and you touched upon this, it's like, well, I think having a a source of value that's not connected to any governments and kind of totally by itself it is extremely valuable uh, to to people broadly. And so, it, it, how do you feel about uh, proof of work, and and you know about people that are saying um, you know it, it is it is damaging the environment, and it's, it's all for nothing? Hmm. I think proof of work. I'm I'm a am I'm a
1: I'm a strong free market believer. Not that not that free markets lead to the optimal solution in all cases, but the lack of them <laughs> fails a lot more often. And so I, I I think that I think that proof of work obviously it does consume resources. That's that that's the point, um, and and I, I do I do think there are some fundamental flaws with say the Bitcoin security model that assumes <clears throat> uh, that 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 assumes that an ever increase an ever decreasing percentage of market cap can secure the whole thing. So, but on on the other hand. It is, it is a very pure cryptographic primitive that can't be easily faked and, 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 and has a strong history of success. So for, for example, proof of stake is in vogue right now. And a lot of the newer L1s we've seen launch have launched either with proof of authority or, or delegated proof of stake. And you see strong problems with just centralization of of control within those. So Ethereum wouldn't be Ethereum if it was proof of stake from the start. Ethereum had its several years of proof of work bootstrapping for initial token distribution that helped it gain credible security and decentralization. And I, I do I do think that it's that the merge is the right thing to do. but I don't I don't think I, I think there should be competition for consensus methods. Um, Bitcoin Bitcoin very well may may not be the winner, but I think people should heavily encourage it to compete. So. Um, yeah, I mean there 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 are there are very real there are very real like environmental damages and concerns, but I think the societal benefit far outweighs those.
0: So, you know, I I've seen you tweeting a bit about this and I'd love to get your take. What what are your thoughts on the Terra/Luna slash situation with, you know, the the depegging and and the the wipeout of Luna and whatnot. So, I'd love to hear just broadly what what do you, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, for, first of all, it's a real travesty and tragedy for the people who, who lost funds. Um, I think there, 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 there were some bad actors in the mix, but there were also a lot of people who as, who assumed the safety was similar to say a bank account. I know there today I was reading about a, a Y Combinator FinTech startup that took all their customer deposits, 42 million of them, stuck it into anchor and and, and lost everything. So who's who's at fault there? Is it the people who is it the people who put money into the fintech startup? Is it the people running the fintech startup? Is it the is it is it Do and the Luna Foundation guard themselves? I don't I don't know that there are super clear answers there, but it's certainly you you never you never wish for, for someone to get wiped out like that. With that said I do think that crypto has a has a problem with loving arrogant founders a bit too much. Where people people will succumb to hero worship, and then the hero fails them, and they all lose money, and then they go find the new hero and repeat the same thing next month. <laughs> so yeah, the 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 mechanics of the situation are surprising are surprisingly simple um, with one with one hidden twist that let it grow as large as it did so US, ust is a it is a stable coin where the main use case is that you can deposit it to get more stable coins famous anchor at 20% interest and the the way that the peg was held was you could redeem you could redeem your UST for Luna at any time and then sell the Luna on the open market. So you could, if you had 100 UST, you could get $100 worth of Luna and then sell that. So that was the redemption mechanism. And then the, the, the implicit redemption mechanism would be that, say, Jump, Jump Crypto and the Luna Foundation Guard and other deep pocketed backers would step in to defend the peg if necessary, like they'd done first in the initial lunity pegging back in February, March, and also with the wormhole hack. So the the issue, frankly, was that that UST grew too big for its own good, a bit like Icarus flying too close to the sun, where if, if there's a supply of 500 million, Sure, these these big boys can step in and defend it, but once you hit eighteen million, even the deepest of pockets and and the most liquid of markets for Luna, aren't able to sustain the sell pressure there. So the 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 mechanism the mechanism was fundamentally flawed from the beginning, but only a couple people did raise the alarm because first it had depegged. Previously, when it was much smaller, and and the backers came in and saved it, and then and then second, nobody was quite sure to what extent like a, a failure would cause. So, I I had, I had friends ask me periodically, should I should I deposit into Anchor? And my response to them before the whole event was, it's bound to fail at some point. I don't know when. It could be next month. It could be next year. So it made, it made it a very tricky situation to, to play because while, while you knew it was unstable and bound for collapse, no one knew when.
0: There's also a lot of people that have claimed that there was a some sort of bad or not you know, bad actor or maybe good actor depending on your you know, view. but they said that there was an attacker that basically de pegged it on purpose to, in order to you know, make it, make a lot of gains because they shorted it. Uh, do you think that that was the case? Was there a, a concerted effort to attack the protocol and make it go down, or do you think that it was it was just an issue of no? It was just it was just built incorrectly, and at some point it was going going to collapse.
1: So I I, I have no inside information. I think the answer is probably both. Um, obviously, obviously, big players. I I I if if I had to guess, I'd say more likely than not that. That that big players came in and, and and coordinated their cells to to try to affect confidence, and then things spiraled from there, but it was it was vulnerable in the same way that that a DeFi protocol might be vulnerable. If if it didn't get attacked today, it would have been attacked next week. Um, so while I like it was. Citadel and BlackRock, all you, all you beloved conspiracy theorists, have have come out and said that they it, that that it was not them, and I and, it, and I am inclined to believe that. But like a, a consortium of of on-chain whales, I don't yeah. Well, I I don't see why not. There's plenty plenty of shenanigans and funny business in crypto. The whole point though is that you're supposed to be able to withstand whatever funny business people throw at you and not collapse. So. The analogy I made a couple days ago was that getting getting caught in the, in the Luna UST fiasco and then asking, looking around, looking who caused it, is a bit like running across the freeway, getting hit by a car, and then asking which car hit you. Like yes, yes it was a specific car that got you, but also you shouldn't be running across the freeway because if it wasn't them, then someone else.
0: I love that. All right, so how would you define what you're focused on today, or, or what you do today? Because I feel like you're you're kind of a, a builder, a tinkerer, a, a trader, an investor. Like, how, how would you personally define that?
1: Yeah, very very focused on building right now. So in, involved he- involved heavily in some DeFi stuff. Um, have also have also launched NFT projects in the past, and and helping to advise several in that front. So and then actively yeah act, act, actively investing and in seeking out new opportunities there simultaneously. So I'd, I'd say that by by far the most rewarding though is is is, is building. Um there there are plenty of zero sum games to be had, but it's much more satisfying to create something new and put it out into the world
0: that people love. So these things that you're building like how how would you define them? Are they are they protocols that you know make DeFi better? Are they NFT things? Is it like you know what 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 are, what are you building exactly?
1: Yeah. So for example, I'm leading I'm leading Alchemix, um, which is a I'm, I'm leading their 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 multi-chain and, and governance strategy. They're a no no liquidation loan protocol, which is much needed in times like these. <laughs> um, that that gives you that that synthetic assets. So you can get an ALUSD stablecoin or an ALETH um, ETH coin that's pegged to ETH as, as an advance on future yield, and then go and then go out and use and use that. So let's let's people get up to 50% of their collateral value if they pledge future yield to the Alchemix protocol, which is is very very cool. I think it's it's helpful and approachable for people new to DeFi because liquidations are not user not user-friendly and people aren't able and, and they hurt people the most when when they're down the worst. So on on that front, protocol's been I didn't I didn't help launch it, but I, I joined on I joined on later. It's been 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 quite quite stable and quite successful, one of the best pegged stable coins throughout this whole event. Um, and helping, help helping expand them to to, to multiple chains, and finding um, ste- steps steps to, to decentralize the governance there, and then finding key key integrations to use the synthetic assets into other DeFi protocols.
0: Very cool. And then on the NFT side, have you have you built anything or looked at building anything that you think you know you know you could use or other people could use? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the most uh, the most exciting news from that front is probably Jenkins of LA, which it's a, a, a board ape that um, <clears throat> came came in and built an entire decentralized storytelling brand around. So, they've en- enlisted to, very 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 cool project launched in in last summer, and the team. Has been heads down, heads down building ever since. So they en- enlisted a New York Times bestselling author. To, so ev- everyone who who owned one of the NFTs could could register their ape or their NFT to put in the book. Get a they enlisted a New York Times best-selling author to sell or to to to, to write the book, and that's that's been in the works. For, for a very long time recently raised a 12 million seed round led by a 16z to to lead the the decentralized content model so i'm not i'm i'm not directly i'm not i'm not directly on the board or a founder with that but i've been involved since the very beginning and and helping to help helping to shape and drive the technical strategy there so that that's been very exciting to see from from zero to Industry leading.
0: That's super cool. All right. So I, want, I would love to hear more about your personal process or, yeah, just general process or, or how you view investing. And that's either in, you know, I guess we can go call it venture, which is private markets, or we can go in public markets, which are tokens and NFTs. And, you know, would love to hear just how you view, uh, you know, the, the, those two arenas. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, so I think I think first and foremost is just defining what's important to you. Um, there are there there are, there are some people with certain fi- financial needs where earning if if earning potential is very high, for example, then you're able to take more short-term risks. If earning potential is is lower or you have high high obligations you need to meet or people who rely on you, then you might that then it's then it's important to set a bar of 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 what acceptable losses are because crypto is very fickle stuff does go minus 99% or in nFTs it just no no one will buy your stuff anymore and so it doesn't a minus 100 um, so I think I think it's important to have like a, a solid a solid base of of less vol- volatile stuff whether that be, whether whether that be cash or just BTC ETH majors. And then I, I think I try to I, I try to look at where the where the biggest and then so once once you're out on the speculative risk curve with money that you're willing that you're willing to lose, but also hoping for high upside. The approach I try to take is looking at the certain themes or sectors that ha- that have high growth potential. So for 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 quite a while that was NFTs themselves. Um, now and now NFTs are so large that that's not really an easily in that's that's not as easily an investable sector. But like within within DeFi for example, there are some very highly executing teams that um, the product, I think, hasn't been quite appreciated by the market yet. And really, the 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 top the top moat in a lot of these things is your ability to execute faster than your competitors. So I, I look at I guess I look at it from less of a this is the product's moat that will last for ten years perspective, and more this team is crushing it and they're gonna beat everybody else to market and whatever is needed. So sorry 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 if that's a little big vague, vague but frankly frankly it's a, it's a hard question and yeah still
0: still learning as we go along No that that that, that was awesome All right so I I love to hear you know I've seen you tweet a couple times about on-chain an, uh, analytics is that something that you are diving into and also how do you think that that's going to evolve in the future is on-chain analytics especially with with NFTs and DeFi is that going to be like the go-to that everyone's diving into and looking at in order to make their investing decisions.
1: I think it's it's certainly a promising area, but one that demands all your attention and all your time. So there there are a couple like Nansen for example is is great. They give you they give you a feature that's a wallet tracker where you can get a new Telegram message every time that wallet makes or receives a transaction so if if there is someone again we're back we're back to we're back we're back to the hero complex, but if there is someone who you think is is the brightest genius in the world and you think that their that their public wallet is representative of that you can you can type that in and, and track them and try to copy trade um I think it it is it quickly becomes overwhelming with the sheer amount of degeneracy that certain people engage in so i, I remember i remember a couple times where I'd, I'd find an interesting person to follow and they're like all right let's see what they do and then they go and like they're flipping pudgy penguins all day so that forced me to that forced me to turn off alerts or analytics there um so there is there's there is certainly signal, but it's also a lot of noise. So I, I don't know that it's it's tough to find the right the right balance
0: there. So so do you think that copy trading is like the most uh if you're looking at the on-chain analytics is copy trading probably the most obvious or successful strategy out of out of, you know, the the on-chain information or do you think that there's going to be other new avenues or other new strategies that you can uh, take by looking at the on-chain activity.
1: It's the most obvious for sure. Success is success. I don't know about. Um, if I were to guess, if I, if I were to guess, I'd say that on, on-chain analytics provide a good start point instead of a good endpoint. So you might see, hey, friends and smart people are interested in this. That doesn't mean that it's a good. That doesn't mean it's a good price point to enter at, but it does mean it's something to keep your eye on and learn about, and maybe. Um, and I, I I lean more towards the the fundamental analysis side of things than the technical analysis, so I, I think it's a really good place to to start brainstorming, but not necessarily the automated execution, that quant funds might want.
0: Yeah, we we've, we've touched upon this before, but what do you, in your opinion, what do you think is driving value to NFTs broadly? And, and I know there's different categories, but if you could kind of just give some of your you know personal opinions on on what's driving value to NFTs, I'd, I'd love 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 to hear that.
1: Yeah. So for, first and foremost is just it's decentralized identity, which is a huge which is a huge need. Um, and they're there strong psychological elements that anyone who's who's played in them is well aware of once you once you buy something it becomes you I am my penguin and my penguin is me and and you don't, and you don't want to give it up even for 10x the price um, there there's also an interest this this is maybe this is maybe too technical but the the, the illiquid order books create sharp percentage increases, and frankly, make it impossible to dump in size on the markets. So it's a little harder to get. So mo- most stuff, most NFTs have kind of a slow, a slow bleed downwards, followed by insane pumps that where, whereas, whereas DeFi, like you oftentimes have sometimes slow bleeds upwards and then huge dumps. So the, that, that, is, that is far less engaging and satisfying from a psychological standpoint. But also, NFTs are, pe- people call this crazy because bored apes are trading for, well, 400K, 200K, depends when you look. But uh, uh, the, the, these these NFTs are trading for a quarter of a million dollars, so people come in and say, NFTs, the asset class, must be overpriced. But frankly, NFTs, all of them together, are still half the size of Cardano. Maybe that's not true anymore. I think Cardano dumped. But um, and NFTs as a whole are are still very, very small in terms of market cap. So I, I think that people, because of the unit bias, people think that they've been quite successful and they have huge product market fit, but they're still, a very small piece growing within the larger crypto industry, financially speaking.
0: Okay, so, so that was NFTs. What, what is in terms of tokens, like what's driving value in token economies? Is it all kind of this, you know, token design mechanism where you want the price to continually pump based off of the activity? Or, or do you think that, you know, we're headed towards more sustainable models? Or does it vary? Like, I'd love to hear from you, like, what is driving value in token economies?
1: That is a great question. So fu- funda- fundamentally what what drives value I think is when people are willing to pay to use products. Then that then that that product accrues value because people because people have made such a useful thing that others are willing to pay them for it. And then there's also um the the value of coordination mechanisms, which is not super well understood. Um, for, for example, e- email does not produce value. Sending email messages back and forth does not produce value in and of itself, but it lets people coordinate and make deals that otherwise would be impossible. So, I think e- email, for example, drives immense value to the economy. And in, in a similar way on, on the majors, Bitcoin and Ethereum are, are coordination mechanisms that drive intense that drive immense value. People are willing to pay to use those. So that creates um that, that 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 creates sustainable value there as well. Then I'd say once once you move out onto the fringes, you have more um you you've you've key you've key financial primitives and key Marketplace primitives, for example, Uniswap and OpenSea are the two examples I'll use. People want, people want to swap one token for another and they're willing to pay 30 basis points for the privilege. And on OpenSea, people want to buy and sell NFTs and they're willing to pay 2.5% for the privilege. So that's, that, that, that's the crux of where the value gets derived from and then people people invent people invent these are coming up with new token models and coordination mechanisms all the time a lot of which are quite circular but all all our experiments at how to better how to better drive value from the people creating it to um or fr- fr- from yeah from projects that are useful to to the people who are creating creating that value. So, yeah, f- fundamentally I think there is a lot of speculation on on future growth and future multiples because the dominant winners in each category are going are going to have immense pricing power. So, very very early days.
0: Okay, so this next question goes, you know, definitely relates to what you just said, but I'd love to get get more specific here. What are your thoughts on Web3 gaming and play-darn economies?
1: Um, I'm not a huge gamer myself, so forgive me if my if my take is boomer on this. I think I I think that, say, in-game assets that can be tokenized are a significant step up from in-game assets that can't be. I also think there there has to be a shift to to make it accessible for everybody. And that that's where, for example, Metaverse Land falls a little short. Um, I'm willing to go into Minecraft because it's free and I can build stuff and that's mine, but I wouldn't wanna go build stuff on somebody else's 200K Minecraft plot. So these games have to walk a fine line between value accrual and remaining accessible.
0: Awesome. All right, before jumping into the closing questions, I'd love to hear a little bit about your newsletter. I think you you have launched an you you have an awesome newsletter and I'd just love to hear like all about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I do a fair amount of ship posting and um, I love I love Twitter for the medium that it is, but it certainly is not a long-term does not does not work for long term preservation or accessibility of, of content, let alone the, the deplatforming concerns there. So I went I went ahead and start. I think there are a couple key concepts that are underexplored or underexplained that would be helpful for a lot of people. So I decided to and and of course you you always learn and grow when you have to um, put put your thoughts into a coherent writing on paper. So yeah went, went ahead it's it's focused on pre- pretty much everything. I mean a, a combination of, of technical topics but also more 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 ideological or strategic um, thinking. So yeah have only been writing there for about for about a month but a lot of people have reached out saying they they, they love it they love the they love the deeper dives and it's
0: and it's quite useful. So I'm happy to see that. Awesome. Alright, closing question time. First one. What is your single favorite NFT that you own?
1: <laughs> um, it's a good question. I'd say probably probably the top one is just the, the punk I use as a as a profile picture. Um it's got it's got good it's got good hacker vibes. I remember I remember when I bought when I bought my first punk. I was very very mathematically minded, of course. So I went and I studied all the rarities, and said, "All right, what's what's undervalued? Like female and and albino." So I bought I bought a female albino punk, and then people came in and everyone was like trying to they'd like message me about like th- thinking I was a girl and whatnot. So that was a kind of funny. A, a funny outcome from that, um, yeah. I'd I'd say the 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 Bandit Queen has good good little hacker
0: vibes, so I enjoy that. That's awesome. W- was that the first punk that you bought? Uh, no, no, it was not. Okay, okay, St- still very cool. All right, what what is your most controversial thought relating to Web three?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I can answer that one. Oh come on. Think uh, a medium, medium, controversial, medium controversial thought is that like strong, strong belief in in self sovereignty and self responsibility. So people, there, there, there are upsized, there are outsized rewards um, from people who are willing to to take to take ownership of their own actions, but I see, I see a lot of desire especially within the NFT space for for blaming others when things go south. And that that's not to say that there aren't a lot of bad, bad actors in the space. Of course, of course there are and you should avoid them and call them out. But I think that we're we're still very much in the in the Unix era of crypto where you can you you can make the next Microsoft Word, but you can also RMRF your entire portfolio. So I I'd, I'd like to see a stronger focus on on individual education and individual accountability. People people get mad for example at people who sell trashy stuff, but no one gets mad at the people who who buy who buy trashy things and try to flip it to a greater fool. So I I'd,
0: I'd love to see more more symmetry on the accountability side. I love that 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 it's controversial to to say that. Like, I think people should be more responsible. Like, I I think that it's true because people do get mad at, at you know if if you put your money in something and you lose it, then you you want to blame other people. But in reality, like you're the one that put their put your money in there. So yeah, no, I I, I absolutely love, love that response. All right, what are you bullish on and what are you bearish on?
1: Good question. So 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 much comes to mind. I'm I'm bull I'm bullish on. I'm bullish on fundamental tech advancement. That's something I think gets gets overlooked a lot um, within crypto. There are people people love people love trading the assets back and forth, but the biggest public good of all is these technol these technologies that we've created that can be that can be repurposed and and built. So like what what drew me into the space in the first place was not was not NFTs, but it was cryptography, the original crypto itself. And those, I mean, crypto financializes and makes it incredibly fruitful to to push that work forward. And we've seen, for example, amazing, amazing privacy tech come forward, um, amazing consensus mechanisms, proof of stake is far better explored and developed than it was. So I'm, I'm bullish on just, I'm, I guess, bullish on on tech and knowledge in itself that that's that's the one thing that never enters a bear market and continues and continues growing what 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 i'm bearish on is um is probably zero-sum thinking and a lot of a lot of land grabs those there's always going to be someone more more vicious or more aggressive to come along and try to um. And, and try to play in those in those uglier arenas, so I th- I think that the people who focus on, like, positive sum, value permanent value creation will do the best.
0: Amazing, love that. All right, if you could snap your fingers and instantly change or improve one thing in Web three,
1: what would it be? So I th- I think that I love I love the idea of DAOs. I don't think the practical implementations are quite there yet so i'm very i'm very i'm very bullish dow's the concept and i'm pretty bearish dow's the current implementation so I, w- I would love to see a thousand more wild experiments on how communities can govern together
0: love that all right last question where do you see the world of nfts in three years
1: um it will all be owned by North Korean hackers. <laughs> we, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's going to continue growing. I think it's probably one of the strongest counter cyclical industries we've seen. Bull or bear. I, th- yeah, it. I think we move from a point where it's embarrassing to, like, as a mainstream corporation. It's embarrassing to have an NFT strategy. I think we move to a point where it's embarrassing to not have a strategy, very very quickly, and that world, frankly, looks a little insane. So, we'll, we'll have to see if that prediction is accurate or not. But I, th- I think I think mainstream adoption happens much sooner, um, and as as the UX gets competitive.
0: Amazing, uh, Fubar. This is just an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I love learning all about your background and, you know, really diving deep into, into this ecosystem that we're, you know, trading in, investing in, building in. It's just, it's awesome. If people want to find out more about yourself, you know, maybe subscribe to your newsletter. Where should they go? What should they do?
1: Yeah. So my my Twitter is foobar, F-O-O-B-A-R. The username is zero X F-O-O-B-A-R. If you want to find me there, I have a link to my Substack in the profile. So would love
0: to, yeah. Come and follow along. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Stay tuned for more episodes of the Zima Red podcast and subscribe to the Zima Red newsletter for more info on all things NFTs. Thanks so much for listening.